I think that there is a place for social media in almost every business or service. You're listening to the Small Business Mastermind, a podcast created to help small businesses juggle business, finance, health, and wellness. I'm your host, Morgan Berna. The Small Business Mastermind is brought to you by Olympia Benefits. To learn how you can save on your health and dental costs, visit olympiabenefits.com. Hello, and thank you for tuning in to this episode. For this one, we've brought back social media expert Mitzi Payne to walk us through setting up and running a successful social media strategy for a small business. She gives insight into what types of companies social media works best for, which platforms to focus on, how to create content that really engages your audience, and which metrics to keep an eye on. As well, we talk about her experience with working on the social media for John Krasinski's Some Good News show, and her experience running social media accounts during 2020. It's a great episode to really show the potential social media has for almost any type of business, so if you don't yet have a solid social media strategy or could use some advice on improving what you currently have, this is going to be a great episode for you. I hope you enjoy this one, and I'll be checking in with you again at the end of the episode. Welcome, Mitzi. Thank you again for joining us here on the Small Business Mastermind. Thank you so much for having me. I'm so excited to be here. For this episode, we have brought back Mitzi Payne, who is a partner at Arcade Studios and a co-host of the Wave Social podcast. She is a digital marketer and social media expert committed to helping brands engage with the online world. Armed with a journalism degree and a strong desire to make the internet a better place, Mitzi jumped into the world of marketing in 2010. From growth hacking for an online edtech platform to launching a website and digital marketing strategy at a luxury lifestyle magazine to managing a community of diehard indie rock fans and even covering the U.S. presidential election in Washington, D.C., Mitzi has spent her entire career staying on the pulse of social media. When she's not staring at her phone, Mitzi is spending quality time with her husband and one-year-old daughter and running away to the mountains. For more information about Mitzi, please check out the links in the podcast description. Yeah, and I'm excited we're talking today about one of your specialties, which is social media marketing, and we're going to be talking about it in the context of a small business that has either dabbled in this or they're looking to um, get started. So we're going to go over some of the basics. We'll go into a little bit more depth with some areas here, but it's really going to be what a company needs to basically a jump off point. Sounds awesome. Okay, so let's start off with can any business or service leverage social media as a component of their marketing? I mean, I'm definitely biased, but yes, I think that almost every business can benefit from using social media as part of their marketing toolkit, Um, especially if you're in B2C. It's like a no-brainer, but I think there's even some great use cases and great opportunities for B2B as well. Um, I think at the very core, social media should always inform, entertain, or inspire. So I think almost every single business needs to do one of those things, especially small businesses, in order to reach their audiences. So um, for some businesses where it's not necessarily B2C and it's not necessarily like a easy like lifestyle angle there are still creative ways to use social media um and even like for services too i think there's a great opportunity to be demonstrative but even for online services it's a great opportunity to educate so 
Uh, yes, I think that there is a place for social media in almost every business or service. Absolutely. And keeping in mind, you said educate, inspire, entertain, correct? Mm-hmm. Yes, yep. absolutely. Do you think that certain social media channels work better for certain industries over others? Um, I mean, it's it's hard to say. I, I do think that, you know, B2C is a great space for social media. It's really easy to create content for B2C on social media. Um, but I don't think it's impossible for B2B businesses to have the same approach. One great example to that would be Later, which is a platform for small business owners to schedule their content on Instagram. So they're essentially doing B2B marketing, but they're doing it in like a B2C approach, which is definitely took some creative thinking, but I think they're they're doing such a good job at that. Um, and a big part of that pro- approach is through education. So um, I think there are there is a certain kind of platform for almost every single business. I don't think every business, you know, needs to adopt the same social media approach or strategy. Um, and I was really trying to think hard about like any kind of businesses that won't translate well on social media. And they're mm-hmm. very few and far between, but I think maybe a challenge, and this could be a challenge for myself, is like some of those like once in a lifetime kind of services. So like maybe life insurance or like funeral services, all of those kind of businesses that might be tricky. Um, but I think almost everything else, there's a place for, for uh, businesses to use social media well. Yeah, so maybe maybe it just doesn't work for something where you only purchase it once yeah, and you never renew or go back on anything. Yeah. And it maybe has some connotations of like death or like a a tragedy or something like that. That's not really a Mm -hmm. space that people that you'd want to market through social media. Um, but I think, yeah, almost every B2B business, I think there's a way to make social media work for them. And the same, it's, it's a lot easier for B2C as well. Mm-hmm. Simply, how would you recommend a business get started? Um, I think they first need to decide who they want to speak to. So I think, you know, that will dictate where you'll go to speak to those people because social media platforms, they each have their own different use case. They each have their own unique audiences. Like the audience on Facebook is, might be different from who you're targeting on Instagram and, and who you're targeting on TikTok. And I don't think any business needs to feel the pressure to be on all these platforms at the same time. I think they first need to decide who they're going to speak to, who is like their target audience and get really like granular, like where do they shop and what's their age groups and what's their income and what's their, like all those kind of behavioral points are important. And then from there, you can match the platform to those people. And that's going to just make all of like any resources you allocate, it's just going to be way more efficient when you're speaking to the right people on the right platform. So I'd, I'd say that's the first place to start. And then once you identify who you want to speak to and you can pair them to the platform, then it's all about creating content. And that's the fun stuff where you can be creative and and test things and try things out. Um, but yeah, I think the, the best place to start is think about who who you're trying to reach and who you're trying to speak to. Mm-hmm. I feel like it's it can be difficult because it feels like a business should be present on everything, especially you know when TikTok came out this year, it felt like 
oh, everyone should jump on. It's such a great opportunity, but that's a good point to kind of focus on one to start or one or two. Yeah. I mean, you could be doing the best TikTok videos and not one of them go viral and spend so much time trying to target your audience that doesn't even use the platform. So I think it's important to 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 just maybe scale back. Don't feel the pressure to do, you know, all of these platforms at the same time and do them all well. Um, but think about like where do does your target audience actually live and where do they consume content and then just go there and create content that works for them. And and if you don't know, like I would recommend that anyone listening should ask their customers, ask them where what platforms they use and which ones they spend their free time on and and then get a feel for what kind of content that they like. And then I think asking your customers is something that people don't do enough of. So I think that's that's also a great place to start if you have existing customers. Yeah, I was going to say if you if your customers aren't big social media users, but you want to make sure you're having a presence to grab like future customers. Totally. Yeah. I think yeah, if your customers aren't big social media users or they say they're not because I think everyone's on social media, um then I think you have to think remember to keep the long game in mind so your existing customers might not be but that doesn't mean that there isn't potential for future customers to find you through social media so even if if you're thinking or if you're seeing your customers and you can't if if they're not necessarily your target audience right now it should still be something you think about is who do you want to target to and then still do your do your best on those platforms if that makes sense. So even mm-hmm. if your existing customers aren't there, there's so much potential to still have some sort of presence on some platform, even if it's just educating, you know, even if it's just educating about what you do and and just do that even for on a certain platform, not on every platform, but maybe pick one or two or three that you think would tar- is where your target audience lives. Mm-hmm. I think since the COVID started, I've been using social media pretty much for shopping, which has gotten out of control, (laughs) but I found so many new businesses just from that. And I never would have found them just Googling. Totally. Yeah. Social media is the front lines of your business. It's, it's the tool for discovery. So by saying, Oh, my existing customers aren't on social media. And so I don't need to be, you're really saying no to future customers. So Mm -hmm. It's important to think of the long game when you're evaluating what platforms to invest in. Mm-hmm. Do you have any small businesses whose social media you love, people you're seeing that are using it in unique ways? Yes. Um, actually, it's funny that you mentioned the rise of COVID. So there's one small business that I'm obsessed with on social media. Um, it's a it's mainly a one lady. Her, the account is called Go Clean Co. So G O. C L E A N C O. Um, okay. And so it's a cleaning service from Calgary. And at the start of COVID, they had to, of course, stop going to people's homes and cleaning. So, um, and, I, and I watched this whole process happen, but the, the owner of that business decided to, you know, instead of taking a break during this COVID time and just waiting for the okay to start cleaning homes again, she started cleaning or teaching people how to clean. From, through Instagram and it's so yeah. 
amazing and so engaging and like she does step by step and really dumbs it down for you and she's kind of snarky too so it's like funny to watch her (laughs) and then she started doing these like adulting 101 zoom parties and she would like max them out and you'd have to pay to attend them but during the zoom party she'd pretty much spend two hours cleaning her home and answering questions and teaching people how to do it and she called it adulting 101 because she thinks millennials don't know how to clean their homes which I don't know if that's true or not, (laughs) Um, but it was so, it was, I think it was a combination of the, you know, great timing because everyone was, cleanliness is top of mind for everyone right now. Um, Mm. And then also just the way she approached her pivot was something that I really have to give her props for because it's not easy, you know, as a small business owner to see having to close your doors essentially and and she just took it in stride and and now her account has grown I think she has like 800,000 followers um and she also partnered with an influencer during the time and she teach her how to clean her home it's just it was really fun to watch really smart yeah Mm -hmm. and then another one that I I really admire um is called paper and coin um, they kind of started as a, I guess they are a magazine. Um, it's a finance magazine, again, for millennials. So Instagram is a big part of their social media strategy. Um, and they also do finance coaching and finance classes. And I think what I really admired about what they did is during COVID, they were the resource for any information around the stimulus package and what small businesses can and can't get in terms of government support. Um, and it was just like they were just on top of it and everything was delivered with so much uh, polish, like everything just kind of fits their aesthetic beautifully. So um, I think that's an important part of Instagram. So I know the work that it takes to make things look beautiful, but especially taking all the resources and translating them into those assets and having them online within hours they're released. I think they were really intentional and smart about that. And so they were like, my go-to resource during that time. And they're still doing a great job now. Mm-hmm. This reminded me too, I followed um, a lady on Instagram who does manicures. Oh, nice. Um, and she opened her own business and she pivoted out of working for another company and opened her own business, I think two weeks before she got shut down. So horrible, horrible timing. Oh, no. But what she did was she knew it was going to be a while till she could open again. So she started selling like nail removal kits and doing videos about like taking care of your nails at home and things like that and started because she bought all this product to open her shop and she just basically became like an e-commerce shop through that first couple months there um and that was really neat yeah see that is so smart that's so smart of her instead of like just sitting back and watching she I really admire business owners who took this hard and difficult moment especially in their business to pivot and try to be proactive and build awareness about their brand and offer value without the even hope of getting anything back for a while. Like, I mm-hmm. think that was really something that I admired from Go Clean Co. Cause she, I mean, she was able to, to obviously earn a bit through her zoom um, things. And then she also did like a handout that people could buy, but I think it just takes a different level of thinking of forward thinking to try to keep momentum going on social platforms when there's no opportunity to run your business as usual. So I think social media is a great place for brands to do that and and especially small businesses. Yeah, a lot of anticipating needs, it sounds like. Mm -hmm. So 
on that topic, that actually brings me to my next question. A mistake I've seen a lot of businesses make is when they start running their social media, they just post a lot about themselves. Like, this is what we're doing today. This is what we're selling. Um, And it doesn't get a lot of engagement. People don't really have much to post on that because it's kind of just company-centric info. I guess, what do you think about that first? And then do you have suggestions on how businesses can go beyond you know, just posting with themselves into posting something more social that opens up a conversation um, and brings people to their business more? Yeah, definitely. So I think a few things have happened over the last few months, obviously with COVID and just the political climate that we're in. Um, it's impacted the way people engage on social media. And I think for brands, they really have to, for, you know, it's really important for brands to highlight their followers and their customers as the main person to speak to and the the most important person in their business. So instead of making their business the most important part of their business in terms of what they're sharing on social, it needs to be their customers and it needs to be the stories behind the the lives that they're impacting. And it really, because I think everyone right now, we're scrolling through our feeds and we're thinking like, why does this matter to me? And so as as a business, you have to also have to think about that. Like, why would anyone care about this thing about me? Like, it really should be about them. So I think highlighting customer stories and like stories of people, um, I think is a great way to pivot and and post something different and, and take the focus off of you and yourself and, you know, what's happening within the walls of your business. But it also helps paint the picture of what your business can do for someone. So when you focus on someone's story and how uh, how their life got better because they were your customer or they engaged you in a service or whatever it is, that also highlights you too. So I think it's, it's just by, it's just like, it's a bit of a shift in focus, um, but I think it's, it's what people love. People want to see heart right now. They want to feel like real emotions and stories about people. So I think there's a huge opportunity for that. And I've seen small businesses not really capitalize on that or, or do that well. So I would love to see a shift of people doing that more. So like moving forward. Mm-hmm. Yeah. The storytelling aspect is really important. Um, I find personally as like a big social media user, that's how I find trust in brands is when they're giving me a reason to have an emotional attachment to them. And then maybe then I'm more likely to go look at what their actual product is. Totally. Yeah. And that's why influencer marketing is so important. And I think that's another strategy that businesses can keep in their tool belt. Like if, if they, cause a, a Influencer marketing is basically partnering with someone who's a trusted source to their community and their audience. So by partnering with them, it automatically feels more authentic, more like a testimonial and more trustworthy. So that could be another strategy that could also be an opportunity to not just post on your feed, but also capture a whole new audience that's following someone else. So if there's ways that that would work for your business and it doesn't work for every business, but it, it works for a lot of businesses, I think that would be an awesome way to take the focus again off of you and onto someone else's story. Mm-hmm. And we did an episode about influencer marketing with um, someone local from Calgary. Nice. And she was talking about how it, it really works for 
services, products, kind of any type of business as well. It just needs to feel like an authentic match. The person, the influencer needs to actually seem interested (laughs) in what they're promoting. Definitely. Yeah. Yeah. And if, I mean, influencer marketing might not be the route for everyone. Like maybe it is just highlighting a customer story, but really doing it in a way where it's it's focused on the person. So for example, if you're a contractor, you know, highlight a, a client that you've had and get them to give you like a testimonial or even a video interview of how they feel when they walk into their space. Like really highlight the, that emotion. I think that's like a home run. I mean, if I were following that might be, I'd want to, to get that feeling too, you know? So um, it doesn't have to be an influencer. If it's like, if it's genuine and authentic and it's coming from a customer who maybe doesn't have a ton of followers, I think that's still valuable. Absolutely. I want to just mention for everyone listening too, we did an episode with Mitzi and her partner, Mike, all about content marketing. So that one has a ton of information to actually go into what types of content to be producing. So I'll make sure that's linked in the the description below as well. Nice. Yeah. How often do you think a business should be posting? I know this is something that becomes a big pain point for companies is just being able to to keep it up once you actually start using social media. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think it depends on the platform that you're posting or that you're you're sharing content on. So for Instagram, like we always recommend at least five in-feed posts and at least three to five stories per week. And I think stories are really important for Instagram because Instagram is tracking two different types of users. There's people who scroll through their feed and there's people who just scroll through their stories and ignore their feed. So I think that's why it's important to do both. And if you can't keep up with five in your feed and you can't with, sorry, if you can't keep up with doing five posts in your feed and stories, then I would do less in feed posts and more stories. Um, And then the other thing with Instagram is, if you're going to spend time, if that's like a platform um, of priority for your business, then I highly recommend that you try to find other features within the app to use because Instagram loves when you use their features, especially their new ones. They actually do give you a bit of an algorithm bump when you use some of their latest features first. Mm-hmm. So any opportunity to use Reels is really important, which is you know their newest feature or any custom AR filters are great, or any way you can include like poll stickers or countdown stickers, all of that stuff. I think um, if you're doing less, doing more of those in-app features would be really important. And then for Facebook, I think I don't typically, I mean, we communicate this to our clients. We don't see Facebook as a social platform. We see it as an advertising platform. And that's simply because Facebook doesn't give businesses any organic traction so it's a pay-to-play zone and so for that reason you know I think posting frequency is less important because um, what matters is how much you're boosting it for because people won't see what you're posting unless you're boosting it anyways so you can kind of get away with doing less on Facebook feed um, as long as you're boosting it sufficiently and it doesn't have to have a huge budget like we recommend like like five to ten dollars um, per boost, or if you if it's a key part of your strategy, then doing a bigger boost for that would be great. And then for Twitter, like Twitter moves so fast, it's the shortest lifespan of any social platform. So definitely, you'll have to post a lot more frequently on there. 
But I think it's it's more important on Twitter to not only just post more, but also engage more. So the algorithm on, on Twitter rewards like retweets and retweets with comments and getting likes. So the goal is to try to get like clicks on your tweets and then engagements on your posts. So that means that your copy has to be snappier. It has to be um, a bit more engaging and, and trying to do threads, that kind of thing is important. So if that means you're doing a bit less, then that's okay. As long as the content that you're sharing is, is, is snappier. And it, and the, the great thing about Twitter is that it's very rare that people just go and read through your feed. Um, so if you like have a great tweet that did really well and it's not super timely it's something that you can repurpose like a week later that's all good and fair for twitter so Mm -hmm. i think it's just about like snappy short and frequent posts for twitter and a lot of people repost their tweets to their instagram i find yeah so um I think that's a great one. Like if you if you've got a great tweet that went out and got lots of engagement, it has like a statement and it can stand on its own. I think sharing it on Instagram is great. It also shows people that you're on this other platform in case they didn't know. Um, but I think when people do do that, there the content or the tweet is often really shareable or savable. So if it's not, I wouldn't do that. But if it is, then definitely try to repurpose it on other platforms. Mm-hmm. And then do you have any advice for any business that might be using TikTok? Ooh, yeah, I think <laughs> um, as a TikTok user and like we have clients on TikTok, um, I think it really depends on what kind of business. If you are a product, then I think it really it's a great place for a product to shine on TikTok because it's people can take videos with your product and share it and you can leverage Instagram influencers which are really affordable right now. Um, so it's a great space for that. If you are a service, it's a little trickier to to demonstrate that on TikTok. So I think a better route would be to partner with an influencer who can speak to that and then maybe you don't necessarily need a full TikTok feed or full TikTok strategy. Um, instead, you just piggyback on other influencers that way. Yeah, okay. So using people who are already on TikTok and kind of mm-hmm. working with them. Yes, exactly. Yeah. Just in general, so you were mentioning there that you would um, favor using, say, Instagram stories over the feed. Um, how does the importance of likes tie in here or the amount of followers because again that can be something that people get quite stressed about but is it really mm-hmm. how big of an impact does that really have on your overall page's performance yeah I don't think that likes really matter at all anymore the only thing that I think matters is engagement and likes contributes contributes to your engagement rate so in fact, like in the U.S., they've removed likes entirely. So it's more of like an internal metric for you to measure to make sure that your account is healthy. So I think, and same goes with followers. I mean, lots of people have large followings with almost zero engagement, and that's not a necessarily healthy mm-hmm. account. So um, I don't think we need to be in the sprint to get followers or sprints to get likes. I think what's more important is engagement. And a healthy engagement rate would be about 3 to 5%. Um, so if you can stay within that 3 to 5%, like you're golden. If you're higher, you have a very healthy account. And I'd rather have a smaller following with a healthy engagement 
rate than a huge following with almost zero engagement. So I think, yeah, yeah. people should focus less on followers and likes and more on, on the engagement they're getting. Well, it makes me think of even just a physical store. Would you rather have, you know, a hundred people just staring at your products or 10 people buying products? Totally. Yeah. And I think almost every business owner would say, yeah, we want the customers or like we want the people who actually like are interested in our brand. Like they don't want to just get views. And and the thing Mm -hmm. is like followers on Instagram doesn't necessarily mean that all those people are seeing or getting your content. The way the algorithm works it is based on what you're engaging with or the kinds of accounts that you like. So if someone followed your business, maybe, you know, during a follow campaign that you did, but hasn't engaged with your business or any similar kind of product or brand since, they're not seeing any of your content ever. So it really doesn't matter. If you aren't getting, if a lot of like your followers aren't engaging, do you get punished in any way? Um, I don't think you get punished. I think you just have like, it's just harder to build up that engagement again. Um, So you kind of have to start with a small pool of people and get really active on your own account by engaging with people or creating content or campaigns that Mm -hmm. spark engagement. So if you're at that place where you have like tons of followers and, you know, none of them are, you have a very low engagement rate, then I, I would first evaluate your followers. If there's any of them that like are bots or anything that you could remove, mm-hmm. like I highly recommend removing them as a follower. Um, and then starting to like think of ways that you can build that engagement um, with your social presence to kind of kick that, that momentum off again. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Just social media, it's been around for a decent while now. And I, I've personally been noticing a bit of a shift in the way people are using it. I'm curious for like from the business perspective, do you see a shift happening with what people are wanting from businesses on social media, changes in just the general climate? Yes. I mean, it's been a tough year. And I think with the rise of, you know, COVID and and call-out culture and all that comes with that. People are more critical of brands and have higher expectations of brands than ever before. So every dollar that a business earns through social media or through an engagement or something is a huge win. So I I think people really like kind of what I was saying earlier, they need to put themselves in the customers um, in the driving seat and keep them top of mind whenever they're creating content because Right now, people want to see how you're making the world better. And I know that's a huge, lofty, aspirational and kind of cheesy line, but it's truly like people want to vote with their dollars today and people want to see the evidence of that on social media. So however, whatever you're doing to change your corner of the world, no matter how small it is, I think that's worth highlighting. And honestly, from a brand play, whether we're in this climate or not, I think that's the way to go in general. Like, how are you making your customers' lives better? Like, highlight that because that's what people really want to see right now. And I think that's what's best for your brand anyway. So, yes, behavior has changed. Expectations are so much higher now. But I don't think that's necessarily a bad thing. Mm -hmm. It ties into what you were saying, too, with some of the accounts you saw pivoting into being more of an educational platform. Mm -hmm. Um, Yeah, bringing something more to the table for their followers. 
yeah, doing more than just sharing what their services are. They're like this, you know, they're not going to get anything out of showing people how to clean, but they are the leaders when it comes to clean cleanliness. So as soon as mm-hmm. they were able to book, they were like jam packed, you know? So it's like, like thinking more about long-term again, and also putting your customers and your followers in the driver's seat and thinking about what, what would benefit their lives? What would they, what can we create that would make them come back? And how can we give them, you know, tips to make their lives better? Or how can we inspire them? Or how can we make them laugh? Like all of that content, people are, that's what they need from brands right now. And that's really how brands can make a difference on social media right now. Mm-hmm, absolutely. So you manage and work with companies with their social media. I'm curious to hear what your experience has been like this year with all the changes. And I'd love to hear your experience with some good news and how that kind of got started. Yeah, definitely. Um, so I think when COVID st- first became a thing, like when we got the like shutdown order and no one could leave their homes, I think within that week we lost like five clients and they weren't like huge clients, but it was like an almost an overnight thing. We went from losing like 25% or more of our business. And of course, like wow. every other business owner, we had these questions like what, how is this going to impact our business and what do we do and 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 what do we need to brace ourselves for making hard decisions and so um i think one thing that i'm thankful that we we did and had the foresight to do is as we spoke up and and my partner mike and i created this little video talking about how you know this is the time to to make the most of the digital tools that you have and if you don't have them like reach out and we'll help you create them and so um, I think we we were pretty proactive right from the start, and I think that was great because you know our service is all digital. We do social media content creation, uh, digital advertising, and and now with everyone you know online, this is you know the way of the future of business. We had we didn't have the foresight to know that fully, but we kind of had a gut feeling that that the the expertise mm-hmm. we have could really help people and businesses, um, and so. A few, like a week or two went by and then we got a call about some good news, which is really exciting. I'm a huge Office fan and um, and I saw the first episode. So we got uh, pulled into the project the day after the first episode went live. And so it was really exciting. We, we had like one phone call and then um, got an email with the, the account logins like the next day and it changed our lives. It was really, wow. really exciting yeah. and really crazy. And, and it was a great, I think internally our team worked so hard because the show went live on every Sunday night and it pretty much meant that we all worked around the clock including weekends to make the show the best it could be and using social media to source good news was such a an honor because we're all passionate about social media and the opportunity to just get all these amazing beautiful stories and put them into this great you know newscast every Sunday night was was such a great distraction for us also just to keep our mind off of of the craziness that was happening in the world so yeah, I can imagine. Yeah. yeah, it was a really fun experience to flex some of our skills um, <laughs> while also doing something that really helped people and that brought joy to people. And I think that was the most 
rewarding part of it. I think it's it's definitely a career highlight for me to see the joy that we brought to people's lives, especially during a time that was so hard. Um, and to use social media to do that is is a home run. So I we're still involved mm-hmm. in the project. We're still uh, managing all the social accounts. So um, so some good news is now a movement. It's not just a show, um, which is really fun and exciting. And, and there's more to come from that. So um, it's been great. I'm loving every second. And I have to give kudos to John Krasinski for having this great idea that I think so many people have asked themselves, like, why isn't there a, a new show dedicated to good news? And and he, you know, decided to that during this COVID time was the time to do it in the time that people needed it most. So it was such a great experience to be a part of. And, and I'm honored that we got to play a small role. Yeah, it's wonderful. I'm curious if it changed how you're planning to approach your own company's social media. Um, I think it 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 definitely gave us a new lens to look for, um, you know, with during the show, we were fielding thousands of good news stories every day. And I think for, for some of our clients, we kind of thought like, is there anything good? Like, and I guess it maybe flavors even this conversation, like what are the great stories and what are the like heart stories behind, you know, your customers and, and your followers or whoever it is? Um, and how are you impacting and making the world better? Because the main, you know, the main message from some good news is that you are the good news in the world. So if there's any way we can bring that message into our clients, like that's what we're trying to do is highlight the good news stories of people who are making a difference in people's worlds. And, um, if we can, if it's a natural fit, awesome. If there's, we got to stretch, like that's why we're, you know, contracted to do that. So I guess maybe it hasn't directly impacted, like, or given us a lens for that. Um, which I'm really thankful for. Yeah, that's awesome. Well, those are the questions I have. I was curious if there's anything else you wanted to add to this. I guess like the last like maybe note is to not, you know, look at social media as a task on your to-do list. It really is an opportunity and the front lines of your business. So I think often you know, naturally people and small business owners, especially they get busy running their business and that's an important thing to do, but, um, don't neglect the front lines of your business, which can be social media. So, um, I think if people are out there who are struggling and not quite sure how to do that, I think start by asking your customers and then asking who you want to target and then go from there and, and decide what platforms. And also, I think it matters what, what platforms you use. If you're not a user, maybe that's the first step. Like, get on Instagram, sign up for TikTok, do one of those excited, like those platforms, the emerging ones, and decide for yourself if that's a place that your brand needs to play in or not. Mm-hmm. It can be so much fun. <laughs> totally. Yeah. If it's not fun, it's not worth it. It is one of the more fun marketing platforms, I think. Definitely. I completely agree. I'm going to be linking, so I'll link all your information below, but I would encourage listeners um, to give a listen to your podcast because I know you go a little more into depth on some of these topics. Um, So could you just share quickly company, podcast, or anything else that you'd like to mention? Definitely. So yeah, our podcast is called Wave Social Podcast. Um, You can find it on Spotify or iTunes or wherever you listen. Uh, We basically go behind the curtain and ask people who are making an impact online how they do it. So we interview 
people on social media or people who are in ad- digital advertising. Uh, but basically, we want to know how they're making waves online. Um, and so we'll have a new season dropping soon. So look out for that. Uh, and yeah, our, our agency is called Arcade. We're at Hello Arcade on Instagram um, or at arcadearcade.ca online. And, um, and we do social media as well. We do social media management, strategy, content creation, and digital advertising. Fantastic. Thank you so much for joining us today, Mitzi. Yeah, thanks for having me. It's always fun to talk about this. Thank you so much for tuning in to this episode of the Small Business Mastermind. I hope you found Mitzi's advice helpful and that it gave you some ideas for either your own business's social media, social media you run at work, or maybe even your own personal account. Speaking of which, if you'd like to follow us on Instagram, you can find us by searching for the Small Business Mastermind. I would love to connect with more of you there. It's a fun space to share behind the scenes content as well as key takeaways from each episode. And as a reminder, if you would like to subscribe to the podcast, visit olympiabenefits.com slash podcast. That just guarantees that you're notified when new episodes are posted. So with that, thank you again for tuning in and I'll be talking to you again very soon. Mm-hmm.